Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a Champions League week, and that means we've got a cracking gag and pod for you. David Wiener with you, joined by Michael Bridges and Thomas Sorensen. So much to talk about. Let's get straight into it. When you guys have been on the road, it's great to see you back. You both have a busy couple of weeks since we last saw you. Thomas, you've been cycling, correct me if I'm wrong, from Melbourne to Adelaide? Yeah, and the, the long way round up past Mildura. And, uh, so everything uh, by my throat uh, is sore. So uh, so we're good, good, we're good to go for this podcast. And in 45 minutes, that'll be sore too once you've talked <laughs> that, that long. And for a good cause too, by the way. Yeah, for ovarian cancer research. Yeah, so we were spreading awareness uh, in local areas and... Uh, just reminding women that uh, this is a horrible disease and, and we need an early dete- detection test and that's why we were raising money. Well done to you and the team. It looked like an amazing experience. Uh, Bridgie, we missed you last week. Welcome back as well. Thank you very much. Good to be here, Dave. We've been flying in and out. You're fresh back from the UK? Yes. Still feeling a little bit jet-lagged, mate, but um, watching Champions League this morning was um, very enjoyable and I'm back on, back on deck. Brilliant. Well, let's get right into it. We're going to start with our main game that we watched, rip through the rest, Juve Atletico. Paolo Dybala. What say you? I say he's a credit to himself. He's a credit to his club in Juve. For a man that um, was not wanted early on this season, there was speculation of Manchester United. And sorry, not on his thoughts, what he has done to say, no, I'm going to fight for my place. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. I am going to wait my wait for my opportunity and be ready. Not many players would do that when they get the kind of money that they do these days. They would have walked on and gone to other things. The baller has waited. He came on a few weeks back before the international break for Ronaldo, got the winning goal, got them the three points. Confidence is flying high. And then this morning, a moment of magic from his left foot, disguising the free kick into the penalty area to go straight at Atletico Madrid and beat All Black, who was a top, top goalkeeper, and beat him from almost the byline. So it was a special moment. And I've just got, I'm full of admiration for the a lad like that that puts the club before his personal um, desires. Yeah, and to me, we're just maybe slowly seeing the changing of the guard. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you, you're not going to count out Ronaldo. You know, he's he's a top player and he still is. But but you sort of slowly just seeing Dybala being, being the player that's, that's, that's designing games now. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, slowly we'll see him getting more and more playing time um, and, and maybe Ronaldo being more, you know, um, a situational player. Uh, going forward, now we're talking the next one or two years, and and uh, you know he's definitely showing up big time in, in the big moments, and uh, you know today, you know great great uh, goal, and uh, and another player delict. I thought he had a tremendous game. You know he uh, crucial tackles, and I I love you know I'm I'm a goalkeeper. Um, I love my defenders just to be you know just to do their job, and and that that's what he does. You know he he's he's throwing himself into tackles. His timing is is. Fantastic! Uh, his desire to to defend. Uh, I think so many young defenders should should look at, at players like him. Uh, you know, just take notice because that that's how you defend and how you become a, a world class defender. But he seems very mature as well, doesn't he? I've, I remember when he did the talk for Ajax when they had that Champions League run and they won the title, and he was talking like a man of thirty years of age. The wisdom that came out of that lad's mouth, and I'm thinking. That must have been a massive point as well that Juve looked at and thought, you know what it is, you're getting the characteristics not only on the park, but you're getting a leader off the park, and that that's vital. And like you say, when you've got somebody like him in front of you, Tommy, it's it's one less thing that you've got to worry about as a as a goalkeeper. Yeah, and he's been paid big bucks, but but he's not afraid to do the dirty work. You know that that's what you want. So uh, you know he he'll be there for years to come. And he's shown character too to come back from a tough initiation after moving from Holland to Italy and. Uh, it was going to take time, but people watching him very closely. He did make a few mistakes, but now he's settled in amazingly. They're not conceding offset pieces very much anymore, so he settled into life there. But you know, in the back to your point, in the eighteen months since Ronaldo has been at Juve, 
Dybala has more goals in the Champions League than Ronaldo does. And it can get very easy to start to point fingers and make it a competition. But the truth is, Mauricio Sarri does have a balancing act to get right because throwback to them at the very best... 2016, before Ronaldo 17, it was Iguain and Dybala, and that's what the Italian press have been focused on this week, how good those two are together. Put yourself in Sari's shoes. How do you play this out over the next few months, knowing that before the season you said, my 10 other players on the team are there to get the best out of Ronaldo? You know, it's a lux- at the end of the day, it's a, it's a luxury problem. I don't think, uh, as a manager, you, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's a great problem to have, uh, but but it is a balancing balancing uh, act. And and again, we don't know exactly the extent of Ronaldo's fitness issues. There's been rumors about you know a knee injury, and he's not quite right. And uh, and it, you know, I think he's he's played so many games over the years, and and it it gets to a point where it's taking its toll. So so it might be a you know a bit of a time now where he can sort of. You know, pick it, pick his poison at the right time, and 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 you know, mix and match in between, and and keep everyone happy. Maybe Ronaldo is aware that he can't play ninety minutes every single week. Um, so so it might sort of solve itself. Um, but but yeah, you know, you got to go by form at the end of the day, and and at the moment, Dybala is is you know, he's he's the, he's the main man. He's the man, and that also comes as a manager. How you get your message across to your players? Is it delivered in the right way? Are they going to take it on board? Are they going to stand the rotation system? How did he get Ronaldo after that international break back in his side? Was it the break that did that? After he tried, after he took him off the park and mm. Dybala came on, all these things. It's not just what the managers do tactically; it's the whole aura that comes with it. How you delegate the jobs to your other staff? Who's leading that? Are you going to do everything yourself and? isolate and alienate the other staff members it's a massive massive job and the situation you've just said asked Tommy about player wise that is a luxury problem to have I think that's the probably one of the smallest problems that he would have to do but it's how you sell that to the rotation to yeah. the players that's the hardest part I think Sari's toughest job is to make sure whoever's carrying his espresso maker on the sideline at training and his cigarettes <laughs> is doing his job and keeping what, up what about <laughs> his cigarettes today in his <laughs> mouth man it's, it's, I think it's, it's shocking it's a routine oh my god it's good for your health um, Thomas just to finish off on this game Diego Simeone they're in a funny spot Atletico I mean they're still in the top four in, in Spain they should still go through in this group if they're Good, not good enough to get past Lokomotiv Moscow on the last day and take it out of Bayer Leverkusen's hands, and they're certainly not good enough. But a lot of the talk out of Spain is that there's a little bit of a feeling that this might be an end of an era for Simeone, almost a little bit like Pochettino. Like, once Griezmann has left, can he get this side to go back and continue that intensity? From what you've seen of them, do you think that's the case, or do you think there's still another you know, another uh, bullish comeback from, from Simeone's side? No, I, th- I think he's... he's you know, he's a great manager and I think he's still, you know, you can see the players, you saw them in the second half today, I thought they were, they were brilliant. Um, you know, they totally ran over Juventus uh, in that last 45 minutes and, and he made a few changes. Correa came on like he did in the first game against Juventus and, and changed it really. Um, Felix is back from injury. So hopefully these small things can can get them in <laughs> on the score sheet because that's been a problem. Yeah. You know, they, they, they keep plenty of clean sheets. They're well organized. They work really hard. Uh, but again today, the dominance, the fifth, they had 15 shots um, on goal and uh, and didn't manage any. And, and, and you, you know, sometimes in games when you're on top, you've got to take advantage. And, and looking at the La Liga, yeah, they've just drawn too many games. Mm. You know, uh, one or two of, of those games being wins, they would be top of the table. Mm. But uh, so w- far, there's something missing. There was a massive opportunity this season in La Liga for them to leapfrog and have an opportunity of mm. winning the title this year. Because Messi was out early doors. There was a transition Real Madrid went through and they just haven't capitalised. And I just think it was the the change of players. They've signed some fantastic players. They just haven't gelled yet. Mm. Like Tommy says, you start firing the target and find that they could, they could go on to to achieve big things at the end of this season. It's still having a very, very slow start, but they're not looking horrendous because this is he's an organised manager. Mm. It's an organised team. They've got beat off Juve 1-0, but dominate, didn't dominate possession, but dominated the, the stats in the final third. Yeah, I think Morata coming back into form, and as you said, today was the day that the chances flowed, and that means that, th- that that might be a sign that they are changing direction. Wow, speaking of changing direction... Your your mob Spurs today. What a roller coaster! What an emotional roller coaster that was. And Jose Mourinho could not have. He'd say he predicted the start that he was going to have, but he couldn't have dreamt of a better start than this. N- not at all. Two wins, but to go two 0 down early on. I mean, Olympiacos came out 
with an absolute point to prove. They were closing down. They were having chances. And I'm thinking, if they can keep this up for 90 minutes, good on them. But I did feel that they would tire and wear, get weird with tiry legs towards the end of the game. But Jose Mourinho made that substitution in the 27th minute of the game. He took Dyer off. He brought on Ericsson. And he changed the dynamics of the team. And they got the result. And <laughs> I just hope that Mourinho gives credit to the players rather than saying, <laughs> this is why I get paid the big bucks to make the right decisions at the right time and it's all me. I'm hoping he gives credit to the players because 2-0 down, the fans, there was a little bit of grunts and groans in the stadium. It's, oh, we've got Josie, we're still feeling sorry for Pochettino. And the players were gifted a goal just before half-time mm-hmm. in the 45th minute. Great time to score. Deli Ali, um, a massive mistake by Olymp- Olympiakos defender. I don't know his name. I'm not even going to attempt it. And that got them, you know, that lift going at the dressing room was a huge, huge point and a massive win. So all in all, his first few games have been magnificent. He's got Deli Ali playing and enjoying his football again. And he had to win Deli Ali over because Deli mm-hmm. Ali did a tweet about him previously. I don't know when it was from saying I would never want to work under this guy. You've, you've got to be careful what you what you actually put out there in this day and age. Because it will come back to haunt you, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm still miffed. I don't think he is the man to take us on to win trophies. I just think at this moment in time, the safeguard of what he's doing, he's got two wins, and you, you, I can't grumble with that at all. Just on the game, before we touch on that, because I'd really want to hear more about what you think about that as a Spurs fan. But why I said it's the perfect dream start for Mourinho is as much as you say you hope he says it's about the players, he got the chance today to change a game himself. He did. He created the theatre. He thanked the ball boy. This is this is why maybe Daniel Levy got seduced by him in the first place. When we were talking earlier today about the fact that look at how he's left a couple of his recent clubs, yet Levy still fell for him, and, and this theatre might be exactly why. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a little bit like that guilty pleasure yeah. he, he shouldn't have, but he want. And, you know, you, you know, he can win trophies. You That's know, for I, another I, podcast, Tommy. We don't want to know what your guilty pleasures are. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but Tottenham's is Mourinho, obviously. Uh, you know, so so you, you know he can win trophies, and and they're desperate for trophies. So, so that that's the chance you take, um, and and you get all the drama with it. And and today was, you know, we it had it all. Uh, I'm not quite still convinced. You know, I think it's play two fairly weak teams. I thought Olympiakos the first two goals were given uh, the second goal, throw, quick throw in, and you know falling asleep, and 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 they they get the second and back in the game. Um, but um, you know, I want to see them a little bit further down the line when they when they start to uh, you know when he's put his touch on it and see how he handles the Ericsson saga now. And, and he and stops smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just hope that he, he'll take a little bit of a back seat um, and let the players you know not 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 being you know you know the press conference and and, and take all the focus away. I think uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that he's learned from some previous mistakes um that is not all about him and and uh, again this game as well that he's you know he's credit the players and let's move on so you fear Bridgie this is what I want to go back to the appointment then you fear that as much as he's smiling now he's the happy one when things when the pressure does rise in the next couple of weeks has he learned will he change can a leopard change its spots how's this going to end for your side i'd like to hope that he has especially after the last two cases where it has happened he's smiling he's bubbly like you say it's all the theatrical the theatre show comes you've got to do that you've got to get the buy-in from the players you need the buy-in from the fans how long can he maintain that as an actor we, we, he's, a, he's a winner there's no doubt about it. his trophy cabinet is huge but how long can he sustain that because that has been his downfall over the last few clubs the demeanour changes the excitement's drained out of the players in training. You can still see they've got that excitement now. He's bubbly. Social media popping his head in the front of the camera saying, are we live? Hey, hello to the fans. It's brilliant, but how long does that last? And that's what worries me. Is it going to end in tears or going to end in trophies? It's going to end in tears. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a sceptic uh, with him. Um, you know, I, I, just, I, I just don't think he can change. And uh, eventually... You know when things start to turn, and and uh, he has to keep up his persona. I think that that's really his downfall. He's created this this monster of a persona that everyone expects the theatricals and you know the press conferences and and all these these things that goes with Mourinho, the you know the the big headlines and and when things go wrong, you know it's just a, a massive boomerang that comes back and and hits him, and it's done. <laughs> 
did it at Chelsea, did it at uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> did it at Man United. And, uh, you know, if he hasn't learned, I think Tottenham, yeah, as you say, could end in flames as well. I'm hoping he proves me wrong and that boomerang misses him and hits me right in the <laughs> head. There you go. You really, you, you've lived in Australia enough now that using boomerangs in your uh, your metaphors and analogies, very I'm nice. Australian, mate. <laughs> that, <laughs> that 28th minute change, Christian Eriksen coming on. Would you rather? If you're Christian Eriksen, would you rather stay at Spurs or take up some of the offers perhaps from Inter Milan, Barcelona or Paris Saint-Germain? Because what Jose Mourinho said before the game was Christian Eriksen's future will, in game time will be dictated when he decides where his heart lies. Can Jose convince him that that's still in North London? Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, again, you know, I think knowing him a little bit, I think he wants at some stage to... To play at a, you know, at a Real Madrid or Barcelona, and uh, but you got to weigh up your options. You got to obviously get a feel for what's available and and what's possible. And and his contract is out at the end of the season, so you know, so he'll he'll have all those, and he's probably made his thoughts up. Um, but again, if Mourinho gives him, you know, if he sells it to him, and he sells, you know, he sells the, you know. He, you know him as a as the main man or, or something. I'm sure there's a chance that he'll stay at Tottenham, but something just tells me that he's looking for a new challenge. Is he going to be a Bosman ruling, so he can go name his price? Well, no, if if he's free at the end of the season, yes. In January, Tottenham have to sell him. If they want to make money off him, they have to sell him in January. Yes, otherwise he can go and name his price. Yeah, you can sign with any other club from January, can mm-hmm. you? Know, any other club in Europe. And that that is substantially huge for him because he's a is a commodity. You can name your price, so you're not paying eighty million for a player and then having to pay them their wages. Basically, they can just say to Ericsson, "Name your wage, and we will pay yeah. it." So we're going to be a mini auction. You mentioned the main man before we ran up on. Spurs, Dele Alli, you've been a critic of him probably over the last year. Yes, as, as, as everybody should yeah, be the, as well. The first two games have shown that maybe in moving Ericsson out, he's empowering Dele Alli. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Last two games, he looks like he's, he's up for it again, a bit of a fresh start. And I think it was the comments by Mourinho, you know, can we see Dele Alli or is, is it his brother? Now, again, a lot of players might have taken Brilliant. that the wrong way and had a reaction. He hasn't. He's done it in the best possible way. He's played... Two matches under him, and it, it looks like he has got his game head on again. Um, and now I hope for him that it can last. But like he, I think Deli Ali said, you know, I'm a little bit older. The body's become a little bit weary. And I, I, what, what age is he now? 20, 24? Barely. 20, so, 23. I, I, listen, I'm 41, mate. That's when you start complaining about how your body feels. Because <laughs> if he's complaining, saying that he's struggling now, oh, God bless him. But I, I, I must say that I think the the playing style of Mourinho a little bit more direct. I think that suits him better. You know, he can he can have those deep runs. He can, you know, feed off Kane, feed off. You know, I think I think that probably suits him more than than being that link up player. Mm, um, mm. So you know, potentially, that's a a thing that that might be good for him. You bang on because a lot of the goals that he was scoring was when he was making the. the I call it a gamble. Your timing of your run, the gamble on the flick-ons or the nod-downs when there's a bit more of a, an aerial bombardment or or play going into the strike. I like what they showed when they came back against Ajax mm. last season. They went a bit more direct. Urente came on. Um, and Deli Ali seems to thrive on that. And I do think that that little bit of style of play that he's not quite as cute and technical as your Ericsson's... Um, I, mate, I'm well impressed there, Tommy. All right, cheers. Thank <laughs> That's you. That's a quality coach. From a goalkeeper. He's spot on. Just thought I'd point that out there, mate. Well impressed. Well done. You've impressed Bridgie. Clap applause all around. Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, two all. Paris Saint-Germain secured top spot in that group after that late show there, given the hosts were pretty dominant for large parts of that game. Um, Karim Benzema, outstanding. He's having one hell of a season um, in and amongst the Gareth Bale circus. Uh, Neymar was back for Paris Saint-Germain, but only off the bench. Could not make the uh, eleven. Looking at these two sides, I wonder, gents, is there a potential Champions League winner in either of these two sides? Yes, because of the names that they have on paper. Um, Madrid haven't had a great start, but they're finding their feet. Hazard's finding his way now into that team. Benzema back on form. And PSG, like I say, everything has been asked about them over the seasons gone by because they don't play enough quality opposition. And... You need to play against the best in the world week in, week out if you're going to do that. And I think that's where the Premier League teams have the upper hand in La Liga teams as opposed to PSG. But when you've got the names 
uh, on the paper like they have, and they've got a fantastic manager. They, you know, they've got to be a force to be reckoned with because they can upset anybody on their day, and they can smash teams on their day mm. as well. Good luck fitting them all in. I mean, you've got uh, basically Mario Icardi's become undroppable. Kylian Mbappe is the first man on the team sheet. Angel Di Maria is setting up and scoring goals for fun, and then there's a guy that they're trying to offload for any way they can. So, is Neymar now that luxury player? <laughs> Another another pleasant problem to have, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, again, it, it all depends on you. Know, like, you, we don't know what's going on on the inside and and how much of a distraction. You know, if Neymar, you know, buys into the role and says, "Okay, until there's an opportunity for me to go, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be part of it and 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 work uh, as a team player." Then then fine. And and you know, he's you know, we know what he, what he can do and and his you know his ability. So, so that it'd be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, but going back to to Real Madrid, I think uh, you know, looking at and they played PSG today, where their old goalkeeper Kaelin Navas mm. is playing. Uh, I, I think that's probably for them, you know, a huge and we, and it weird is Oakley head again today with with Courtois. I, I'm I'm just uh, you know, Kaelin Navas bailed them out a couple of years ago when they were winning. He, he had a fantastic season and been you know for me that's the biggest mistake they made was made in that trade just being blinded mm. by uh, you know Courtois had a solid World Cup and, and, and you actually had a great goalkeeper maybe not with the biggest name but he did the business for you and, and you let him go so for me that, that could be the Achilles heel you know when we get to the business end of of, uh, of the Champions League and wh- how much mm. of that mistake cost them can you remember how much how much did they pay for Courtois uh, like 50, 60 yeah, I can look that up in the background while you guys talk in a sec. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head, but, yeah, but it was um, sub- substantial over fifty was million, a, wasn't it? And it was a big, it, it was a big move. It was a yeah. big move at the time, and you even saw today with he got that reprieve with the VAR call where they took the foul all the way back to the halfway foul, the soft halfway foul. Uh, but that was a potential red card, yellow card penalty, depending which way you, you interpret it. Well, if I make a fifty dollar mistake, I get a red card of my wife. <laughs> so if you're making a fifty million plus mistake, there you go. Um, he said what? Thomas Tuchel, did you see this, guys? Because Zinedine Zidane declared his love for Kylian Mbappe earlier in the week, and he's starting to just plant those seeds. Come over here if you want to. Uh, I know we've got Hazard, but I don't really like Bale. You know, come over. And then uh, Thomas Tuchel replied, often we fall in love with things we can't have. And we've spoken about guilty pleasures already, boys. So what's... <laughs> Before we look at whether, whether the serious football business, in your footballing lives, what was the something that you couldn't have that you really would have loved? You know, I would have loved uh, to score a goal in my career. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you yeah. go. Yeah. I was, you know, there was a little bit of a, 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 a sort of slight... Did uh, you never fancy taking a penalty towards the end of your career? I never just got a chance. You know, I was always there for penalty, but never ended up in a penalty shootout. You sort should of have said to the boys, listen, I want to take a penalty before my career ends. So next time we yeah, get one. Nah, but I wasn't that selfish. But, uh, you know, that, that's that's probably been my guilty, guilty pleasure looking at the strikers' celebration. And, and oh, I wish it was me. Come on. <laughs> my, you, you didn't wheel away after a penalty save or anything like that for your equivalent? Yeah, I would have done something crazy. <laughs> my guilty pleasure was actually trying to get through one whole season without being bloody in. And I never got it. <laughs> so there you go. Fair enough. In rude health now. In rude health. Courtois, thirty-five million euros. By the way, there was no transfer fee reported, but that's the that's the the, the fee everyone's quoting. Mbappe, hundred games of Paris Saint Germain today. He notched seventy goals to go with thirty-six assists. The guy is going to go on to I can't even imagine what heights. In maybe a year, maybe two years, will he still be at Paris or is Real Madrid where he ends up flanking Eden Hazard? Wow, that's not a million-dollar question. That's a multi-million-dollar question, and I cannot see him staying at Paris Saint-Germain because I think if he wants to better his his career and life, you do need to move on. And there's only so many championships, or you know, in in, in France, how many times can you win the title without being bored and wanting to go and challenge yourself to be at a top world-class team? And no disrespect to PSG, they are not in the categories that your Real Madrid, your Barcelona's. Your Manchester United, your Liverpools are in for history and wanting to go on and become, you know, a household name. But put your mark on being one of the best players in the world and winning the Ballon d'Or. I don't think he win the Ballon d'Or at PSG. And give him two more years. So Tuckle said that with a bit of tongue-in-cheek. I think it's the uh, it's the start of the, the desperate plan to hold on to him. Well, it, or he's been very clever in thinking, I'm just going to, Put that out there and hopefully Real Madrid just come in and, you know, the president and they'll get together and go, 
let's go and get him. Let's just let's prove him wrong. Break the bank. Once Gareth Bale goes, of course, the other way, and they've got a bit of money to spend. The rest of the results today, gentlemen, of course, uh, Lokomotiv by Leverkusen. We, we mentioned that in the context of Juve Atletico a bit earlier on. Galatasaray Club Rouge won all Galatasaray. They're having a stinker this year. They're down to eighth, by the way. Well, by the way, my mate Harry Kuhl, I've just seen on Instagram this week, was over in he was, Turkey yes. at Galatasaray. Now, oh, always, hang on. I know he's got a massive connection there with that football club because the fans loved him when he went there. Obviously, Leeds fans didn't like him mm. after what he did because we lost a couple of fans, um, Chris and Kevin, in, in a tragic incident when Leeds played Galatasaray, but... I'm reading into Are you joining that. the dots? I'm joining the dots together and I haven't even spoke to him. And I don't want to go in there and ask him because I know what he'll tell me. He'll tell me where to go. Um, I'm joining the dots. I'm I'm going to say that he's possibly in contention for a little sniff at um, some right. form of coaching role or management role. Right. Well, Fatty Terry... he was just there for a holiday. He, look, he could have been, but they're under big pressure. The eighth, they lost their first home game on the weekend in, I think it's something like 40 league games. And uh, they're probably not going to... They're probably going to get bundled out of Europe as a result of this 90-second winner heartbreak at home to Club Bruges. So, ah, Bridgie, watch this space watch there. This space. We will. And by you, the way, that is n- there's no inside info no, there. No, your source there is Instagram. Well done. It is. <laughs> <laughs> As everything on social media is true. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, we, you Manchester City, Shakhtar Donetsk won all. We'll touch on City a little bit later when we look at the Premier League games. And um, Bayern Munich 6 over Milos Degenex. Um, Bayern uh, Red Star Belgrade nil. Atalanta 2, Dinamo Zagreb nil. That group with Manchester City goes down to the wire on the final match day. Just looking ahead to tomorrow's free game on Off the Sport on Thursday for... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Anyone who is listening to this on a Wednesday, we'll touch on it briefly for those if you're listening on Thursday, Barcelona, Dortmund. What just intrigues me about this, gents, is two managers under immense pressure. Not only is this an f- amazing game in its own right, but big consequences. A lot of eyes to see how these two managers react, Valverde and Favre, because things have not been great. Not at all. And I'm just going to enjoy this game for what it is. Like you say, it's going to, I think it's going to be very open, very attacking. Two teams that I love watching and the style of play, but... Like you say two managers that are under immense pressure and it's with my coaching head on now and going through the you know the the badges and you wonder they're still playing a style of football which is attractive but we're in a industry where results matter so where does that fine line become and it's it's a tough and awkward situation to be in you can't change the dynamics of Barcelona their DNA is the way that they've got to play their football philosophy you've got to play that that way because that's how the youth systems go up. Dortmund, I think, are all about trying to do that, but they've got other ideas as well, and they take on board what the managers are all about. And like you say, this is a, it's a massive turning point. Um, but I can see Barca getting getting the result here. It's interesting because the papers in Barca, I mean, they're top of the table, the top of both tables. But they're, but they're saying you know it's it's all about being bailed out by the individuals, and then otherwise uh, they're not at their best. So it'll be very interesting to watch tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, it's just been. For both sides, really inconsistent seasons. You know, like Dortmund, one week they they they're beating top teams and losing to Paderborn the next, and you know it's <laughs> it, it, it's just up and down. And and Barcelona the same. And and as you say, you know that if you get too reliant on on Messi all the time bailing you out and other players, you know then you know you know if you watch them every week, you can sort of see that you know maybe as a as a team they're not exactly. Know where they should be, and and, and the expectations in, in Barcelona is obviously you know they you know you got to win every week, and you got to win big, and you got to entertain, and and all these things. And at the moment, there's it's not quite right. So the hosted game this tomorrow morning, Thomas, you'll be with Craig Moore, and of course Richard Bayless is Liverpool hosting. The besieged Napoli, mutiny everywhere there at the Italian club. So, unfortunately, a bit of a, a line in the sand moment for them. We'll have Danny Vukovic with us as well to keep an eye on that group where his Genk hosts a Red Bull, of course, Salzburg. And uh, the early game is Chelsea against Valencia in Spain in that intriguing group where Lille hosts Ajax. Rightio, then give us an answer. 
So, Thomas, to beat a top four side or to progress in Europe, what do Chelsea need to do? I think, uh, you know, they're, they're going through a, a bit of a transition and I think there's still going to be inconsistencies, you know, with a lot of young players. Um, you, you just got to go with it. Um, it it's, it's hard to put a finger on... Uh, you know what what you need but sometimes you need to finish games off especially when you're playing top sides um and i just don't think they'll have the experience yet to 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 really compete but you know they've got to be able to to beat a top four side at at at, at some point and I, I think they will progress in europe so uh you know um it, 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 i can't really put a finger exactly on on what what they need to do tactically it might be time it back. might just be time it's winner takes all yeah. tomorrow bridgie back in 99 2000 leeds united we finished third in the premier league we were top at christmas when i look back on that season we couldn't beat manchester united who finished top by 22 points we couldn't get a result against arsenal who finished second and liverpool was another tough one i don't know where they finished that season but we we couldn't find a recipe to win against them teams. We tried different avenues. I, I look back, I don't know whether it was the inexperience of having such a young team. And when them big moments came, we hadn't really done it before and beaten them. And we found it hard. And that's what I look at. I look at Chelsea. They're playing with this enthusiasm, this young, fresh approach in management, by the way, as well, as well as the players that are on the park. And until you get that result and you find that winning, the mentality then breaks in your head. We, we, we never found that recipe and Chelsea are still looking for it, and I'm sure it will come at some point. But it, I put it down here to to youth and a little bit of naivety. Has the external, has the success, and probably Chelsea being ahead of schedule under Frank Lampard this season, has that changed his conversation? Though, no, if you'd gone back six months or to the off season and gone, okay, Chelsea are going to pick up points against the bottom half teams in this transition year, but maybe not knock off your cities after a really good first half, you'd probably say that's about right. But has the expectation changed this year, and, and are they a is the conversation move, is the media punditry move because of that? Yeah, of course. You know, that that's the day and age we live in. You're trying to build people up. And, uh, you know, I think with, with good reason. I think they have surprised um, a lot of people. And, you know, that, you know, I think if you go back and as you touched on before the season, you know, with the, like transfer bans and, and everything else and, and young players and Lampard coming in, you know, there wasn't big expectations. And, um, you know, now they've they've earned that right. And, and you know, with, with uh, good performances come, you know, then the bar just gets you know, uh, just get pushed up. And, and I think that's where they are now. I think it's, it's a positive problem, but people still just got to, you know, keep a bit of realism. A reality in, check. Yeah, just keep a bit of realism in there. And, and, and this is a project still, you know, going forward. And, and they'll be better. You know, they'll learn and hopefully they'll get a couple of wins like Bridget talked about against the top teams and just get that experience. And then next year, the year after, then and, and slowly just adding a few pieces, they, they can compete with uh, the the... the you know, the Man Cities and Liverpools. As a club, they would have set goals and targets. The staff would have set goals and targets aligned with the club as well. They would have come, but also the players. I'm sure the staff and the players would have said, listen, this is where we want to get next season. You always want to better what you what you would achieve the year before. And I think Chelsea can tick all their boxes, especially mm. the situation they're in as well, finan- well, financially with the transfer ban as well, where they were expecting to be. Like Tommy says, you always lift the bar and we always ask questions. You always want more. But as a fan... I think if you ask the majority of Chelsea fans, yourself included, Dave, because I know you're you're one of them true blues, you've got to be happy with what, what's going on at this moment in time. And I called at the start of the year because I said to you, stick by Lampard and Morris and what they are doing because they know the players that are coming through that system. Yeah, I think the top four places, you take that 100%. Yeah, but I think in, in any rebuild, because that's sort of what you can you can look at it as, and you just want to see progression. You just want to see where did we start where are we now and is there an upward trend and i think you can you can clearly say that uh, and and can that continue to the end of the season then you answer something right and certainly an identity and that's what i certainly think chelsea fans feel at the moment so it's west ham on the weekend chelsea host but before that is that thursday morning winner takes all game essentially against valencia and uh, leo and ajax will be jousting a little bit later in the morning lampard's doing well but the next question is on the other end of the scale the worst manager in the Premier League right now, and there's a few contenders, is... I've got to go with Unai Emery. And I'm not just saying that with the Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal, Rabia. I really liked what was going on this season at the start of the year, getting Pepe. I said he was going to be one of the standout players that I felt hasn't come on the scene. 
they don't seem to be able, he doesn't seem to be able to change his style of play. Seems to be his way of the highway. I don't see him making decisions as a manager that a manager should make, given the players. Who would you, who would you like as captain? You know, he, he should know who the captain's going to be. And, um, you know, and some of the... Some of the decisions that he has made this season, I just don't think he has found it as easy or as enjoyable as he would have liked it. He hasn't been able to adjust. And for me, that is the reason why I think he is on tender hooks. And if if I'm, I'm not involved with Arsenal Football Club, but I'm sure the fans, a lot of them will be wanting him gone ASAP because it's. I think it's only going to get worse and he's going to be more detrimental to this team, their style of play and everything about them that they had built on under yeah, previous right. managers. Now, we've had your thoughts on this on Arsenal this season, Thomas, but do you think he'll be there by season's end? No, I don't think so. I think I think it's um it's just slowly just falling falling apart. I think uh, they're not picking up the results. It just seems to be rumblings from from the inside and and like several of the points that you touched on Bridgie, you know, with with you know, captains and uh you know, just tactical things in games. It just hasn't worked. He hasn't been able to galvanize it um, because they have signed, you know, a, a few players and spent spent some money. Where maybe in the past you could sort of say, yeah, but Arsenal never spent. So, so that's not really an excuse. Um, so, so yeah, for me, he's not there at the end of the season. I see the game management as well. If they're leading towards the end, you know, just to change things up to shut shop and try and get that result over the line. But you know, like a Mourinho can do. Uh, I don't see Unai Emery having that. It's 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 really really one dimensional. The the philosophy that they play. So who is the contenders? Because one thing. So we look at who is the next man out, and it could be Emery. It could be Flor- Sancho Flores at Watford. Um, amazingly, Solskjaer is probably not under as much pressure. But you you throw him into the mix. Marcus Silva, if he's still in charge by the time people listen to this podcast, would a be a surprise. Manager. He's a good manager. I've got. I've, I've, well, I'm seeing he's a good. What's manager. What's your defence? I like him. I like him. What what he's what. Oh. Actually, there's no defense. I just, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the next six games? They might not win another they game. Play, this they, calendar they play less at the weekend, so that could be a tough one. Yeah, it's absolutely horrendous. And Manuel Pellegrini as well. So a double-barreled question to both of you: Who actually is the next man to go, and who is actually out there realistically? Pochettino and Allegri—they're up here, up in—they're up in the top stratosphere. Bayern Munich, PSG, these clubs. Who's actually coming in for these for these teams? It's hard. Um, you know, I, I think Marcus Silva is probably the first one. I think he'll go this weekend uh, if they don't get a result uh, against Leicester. Um, it just seems seems to be rumblings there as well that uh, you know he's not getting the best out of the team. You know, you know we're talking about you. You, you th- at the top of it, you said worst manager. Like sometimes you put in different situations, and some managers succeed in some situations, don't succeed in others. And he he's maybe not experienced enough um, you know to, to come into that Everson side and, and just get them on the right path because uh, they, they at times play brilliant and, and maybe they think they're too good uh, and then the next weekend they they, they lose a, in horrible fashion so you know uh, for me I think he'll he'll go before Emery but uh, it'd be a tight race I'm still <laughs> I'm still thinking why I'm trying to defend him <laughs> I'm looking at his history at um, Hull City. I was looking at what he's done at Everton. Watford. Watford, yeah. All right, fair enough. I'm going to, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> All right. If Silver is the first to go, what do you make of the reports that David Moyes is back in? So David Moyes to Everton would be? Mistake. Mistake. So who is? This is and the, the reason who I say in? mistake. I can back this one up. You speak to a lot of people in football, and I do as well. And I just feel, you know, when. There's certain people I can't I can't name names, but there's certain organisation that he's worked for that I know where Moyes has been. They say he's not the motivator that he once was when he was at Everton. He got the best out of the players there. He didn't. His his man management came under scrutiny. Also, his his planning as well. Now I'm just going off what what I've heard. So I just think that it's not a great move for him. He's been there and done it in the past, but he got the best out of players and he took them as far as he could. I don't think he can go in and do that job. I think that would be a, a, a huge mistake. And I, and I also think that the culture there has changed so much. I think he, he suits a, you know, the, the the culture that was when we were, you know, when I first came to Sunderland back in the day and, yeah. and you had a this, uh, you know, bunch of, of typical English with English mentality and he's a little bit old school yeah. and, and with, with a new sense of, you know, Brazilians and uh, you know f- you know sp- 
Spaniards and all this. I, I don't think he suits that. I think as, as can you say, his technical knowledge and tactical I knowledge. I don't think it's there. Mm, so impress I, them. Yeah. Look, Sam Allardyce has been out in the press, of course, he has this week, and he said, you know, if my name was Aladicio, I'd be man- managing Manchester United. But I, I, I he's got you, a great point, you know. <laughs> but I ask you again. Who is actually out there? Are we pulling Harry Redknapp back back out? Is it is it uh, Chris Chris uh, Hutton after losing his job at um, you know at Brighton? Who, you know who who's Everton, out there? Everton should go and get. And I've said this for about two seasons now. The man that has impressed me so much from learning the game from a young management and going through all the divisions is Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. I don't know why no big club has had a punt on him. And Everton, for me, would be the perfect opportunity because tactically he is sensational. He works all hours football sense. And he's proven that he can do it with a small budget in a small stadium. And he's had the backing of the fans, the players, the everything that comes with football. And I think he deserves an opportunity at a big, big club to show what he can do. And I would say go and get Eddie Howe ASAP. Okay, so Bournemouth are doing terrifically again this season um, of all the surprises on a really ridiculous Premier League table Leicester second uh, Wolves fifth I mean weren't they in the relegation zone a couple of minutes ago uh, Sheffield United sixth Burnley seventh eighth ninth tenth with Arsenal Manchester United and Tottenham what is the biggest surprise for you this season you know I still think it's Leicester I think um, you know they obviously won the championship you know a few years back and, and, and really you know dropped off the planet and, and uh, you know, Ranieri got sacked and, and was searching and now Brendan Rodgers come in, you know, just been able to get where, we were talking about Marco Silva, not being able to get the best out of his squad and now you, you have Brendan Rodgers who just a few tweaks and then suddenly off you go and Vardy, was it 20, 24 goals, top of the goal scoring chart, you know, just playing simple but effective football. They're getting the results, um, you know, for, for me, you know, that that's a surprise that he's been able to turn it around. Biggest surprise for me is Mourinho's in charge of Tottenham Hotspur, Dave. I still can't still get can't, my head around yeah. it. On a, it's like, well, a week and a half in the making, I'm still shell-shocked. Still shell-shocked. What a phenomenal 12 hours that was, by the way. You wake up and Pochettino is gone then and there. You're not expecting it. And then by five o'clock that night, Mourinho's in charge. My, my God, they say a week's a long time in football. 24 hours can be absolutely crazy. Speaking of uncertain futures, we'll end off this section with Jaden Sancho, the English star playing at Borussia Dortmund. Will he start on Thursday or not? Borussia, uh, Jaden Sancho should. I know people can't see this podcast, but <laughs> I'm looking deep into your eyes here. I'm looking for a, th- a thought should move and come to the Premier League. Now, we bring this in, of course, because he's starting to become a bit of a scapegoat at Borussia Dortmund. That's the way the press are going. He was pulled off in their loss to Bayern Munich a couple of weeks back. Lucien Favre has spoken, and just you can read in some of the comments he's making in the press. Did score on the weekend when they came from 3-0 down against Paderborn. Um, he'll be in the Premier League next season. He's a type of player. You know, you're talking about Leicester being a big surprise in the Rodgers. He's a type of player that I could see going to Leicester as well and, and giving them something in that counter-attacking moment out in the wide positions. Manchester United have got pace and up in that top end of the field. Man City don't need him. Tottenham potentially could. He could come in for an Ericsson. Um, but I think the Premier League, if if he's going to go anywhere, it's it's going to be a Premier League team. And I, I think Leicester City would be a nice little move for him. You know, I think he's just one of those players. You know, there, there's so much talk, uh, you know, so much around him and, and rumours and... Um, you know, he just needs to focus. Right? He just needs to focus on what's good for his career, you know, work hard, um, you know, solve the situation at Dortmund first and foremost and make sure he, he plays every week and, and, and don't give anyone an excuse to, to point fingers and make him a, a scapegoat. And then from there, yeah, you're looking at, um, you know, he, he needs obviously to make his mind up and, and with the right advice. And, and if he feels it's better to go to the Premier League uh, and, he, you know, that's the next step in his career, yeah, then go for it. Which club circling? Oh, there'd be a lot of clubs circling, Davey. I think the the list you could name on two hands, if not four hands, uh, because he's such a talent, mate. And um, I, yeah, I can't say, but just a, a, a lovely player to have because he's a luxury, he's an outlet in different areas of the field for for you. He works hard back over as well. He scores goals, he gets assists, and he, he's, he's an exciting player and he puts bums on seats because you want to go and watch somebody like him. 100%. I think that'll be a transfer rumour to watch over the January and then in the summer. 
Oh, here's a good yarn. Oh, we're back to Mourinho and Tottenham again. I can't believe it. But this is not so much about uh, another comment on Mourinho. It's just a bit of a, uh, it's an amazing one. I think the big winners from Mourinho and Spurs is Amazon, who had commissioned the behind the scenes look at Spurs. And now they've got Pochettino, they've got Mourinho. I love, do you know what he said about Christian Eriksen? He said, our conversation is between me and him and Amazon. <laughs> I'd love to know, guys, which behind the scenes dressing room would have made the best but fly on the wall documentary from your time I think I think I took part in one Premier League it was Premier League passions with Sunderland because to see a manager in Peter Reid so animated was absolutely priceless and that wasn't Peter Reid playing up to documentaries you know fly on the wall genuinely fly on the wall fly on the wall it was absolutely access all areas yes we got relegated it wasn't a great season but looking back on that documentary it was absolutely amazing but you're a producer and I think if you were doing the one oh. at Tottenham Hotspur, that you just seeing the dollar signs go through the roof at that moment in time when that transfer went through. Um, but yeah, that that for me would have been um, would have been a moment to to witness. I'll probably go back to the crazy gang, the Wimbledon. I would that would that would have been a fantastic documentary. <laughs> Vinnie Jones and Dennis Wise and all the, all the guys back then. Uh, that that would have been amazing. But uh, yeah, no, they've. Uh, They've killed it on this one. Uh, we can, uh, we can. <laughs> hey, I just watched the twenty-four hours. That, that's all I need. Yeah, you know. Again, you know, it'd be an amazing thing to to watch because there you see the ins and outs of obviously uh, the professional game. You know how quickly it can turn around, and and um, you know if they really have you know the inside access to it and and can get the key conversations, and you know then it'll be. You know, that definitely be much much <laughs> worse watch uh, TV for sure. The crazy gang would have been fantastic to see it that season or two seasons live or to see it unfold over the season, you know, the documentary at the end. But they did actually, I remember watching recently a documentary on the Crazy Gangs. They've got them all to talk about different stories <laughs> about what went on. And I still think half of it is lies, but it's not. <laughs> so I, I agree with you, Tommy. That would have been a good one to actually see, um, just to see if these stories weren't fabricated. Yeah, well, one that wasn't was, did you see the crowd in Rio de Janeiro to welcome back Flamengo after the Copa Libertadores win? Tens upon tens of thousands. There was a bit of chaos at the end. There were a few uh, problems with behaviour as you can have when you have that many people there. Um, their first Copa Libertadores in 38 years, all at the death in an amazing final. Those memories, those that sea of red, what was the most incredible moment in your career when you were on a, I don't know, on a bus or going through a town centre, whatever it was, um, we just thought, holy, you know what? No, uh, you know, we, we can share this one um, because uh, we did. Um, you know, back in, in uh, 99 when we got promoted with Sunderland, uh, I'd just flown across the ditch and it was my first season and, and obviously I had a taste of, of uh, what uh, the passion was at, in, in Sunderland. But when we got promoted and we had an open bus tour and and what the city of Sunderland is, what, 400,000 or something? And, yeah, and it was about 200,000 on the streets, uh, you know, carrying us through. Uh, that for me, uh, one of the biggest days uh, of, of my football career, you know, just the eye-opener of what it meant to people and, and the excitement. You had, you know, we, we went past an elderly home and, and you know, that we had people that never <laughs> walked for 20 years, I think, and standing <laughs> they, up. they were standing up and waving. And, and, it was know, like so a moment of Lazarus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just everything, the whole city, the, you know, that was, for me, a huge moment. People were hanging off lampposts, they were on top of roofs, they were hanging out of windows, and you kind of, the health and safety about the whole thing was non-existent. Yeah. People were just on a massive, massive high after we um, got promoted as, as um, champions to go into the Premier League, and that's where the whole thing came earlier on, because of the, the passion in that region, the Premier Passions. And um, we witnessed that, and it was a, it was an amazing moment. Um, I think I had that in 96, 97 as well, um, but I wasn't old enough to drink. I was only 16 and a half, so I couldn't celebrate, but I'll and tell you And you can't what, remember 99? Because <laughs> no, I can't, because I was old enough. Made up for it. When you when you came over the ditch, because <laughs> the Scandinavians can drink, the Danish came over, oh, he showed me how to drink. I was drink. a bad influence then. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Well, and you must at that moment, just because you're so focused on your careers, at that moment, when you see that colour, you might just, it must really hit home. What an extraordinary you know moment in your life it is. Yeah, just a sea of red and just to, to realise what you've done. Everybody that turned up wanted to have that medal around their neck mm. and do what you have done. But what we did, we did it for the fans and it was, it's just great to share that moment with everybody. And for the amount of people that turned out, you take it for granted. You, you take it for granted until you see that and um, it, you know, you've, you've just 
struck a nerve because I'm going to go back and have a look online at all the pictures nice. because it was an amazing moment. <laughs> well, happy to, happy to help. Happy to be of service to you, Bridgie. Now, we've got so much to rip into over the next couple of days. Thursday morning, of course, we've touched on it briefly. Friday morning, Manchester United, Arsenal, Wolves and feels like hundreds of other games on the Europa League at the same time. And then on the weekend, it all kicks off. Saturday night, 11.30pm, Newcastle against Manchester City. The title race continues. Liverpool hosts Brighton at 2am. That's at the same time as Burnley versus Palace. Chelsea versus West Ham we touched on earlier. Tottenham, Bournemouth, we've touched on both those teams as well. Southampton, Watford rounds out that particular night. Norwich City, Arsenal, 1am Monday. He's gone if they lose that, surely, Emery. I mean, that's just that's just unfathomable. Wolves, Sheffield United at the same time. That's a Europa League playoff. Those two teams are going that well at the moment. Leicester host Everton. And the weekend rounds out with Man United, Aston Villa. I want to go back to the start there to round out this conversation because we saw City this morning. They're having a bit of a wobble, aren't they? Yes, they are. And a wobble in the Premier League because the pressure's on hugely. But the, you know, the Shakhtar this morning... Mm. Dominated first twenty minutes, lots of chances against them. They they look still look dangerous <laughs> as anybody in the world going forward. Defensively, whether it's set players or in the counter attack, and I think what a lot of teams now are trying to sort with Shaq that day. There's a lot they got exposed City very very easily from diagonal balls long and deep into their own half. So they were basically breaking down the press that City were trying to put on. In the, so it wasn't just a long ball, it was actually angled balls in to certain areas. Shaq, they made the pitch big. People are finding a way to have a go now against them and um, they're, they're not looking as dangerous defensively as what I've, I've seen them over the years, whether that's due to Findinho playing centre-half and things like that with a few injuries or players coming and going. Um, not mm, not quite right. It's an interesting moment. Yeah, no, I think they, they struggle against pace. You know, you know Shakhtar, you know, when they played Liverpool um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Fernandinho. You know, he's you know he's a team player. He he does a, a great job, but but pace is not his force, and and, and uh, I think they are struggling a little bit from from the injuries that they they have, and 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 players that are a little bit out of form and probably haven't come back from injury. You know, at 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 the right level. So um, you know, for me, you know, the, I think they'll grow stronger as as the team as the as the season sort of. Was it, was it Wolves that exposed them this season as well when they played Triori down the middle? And they got the counter attack against Fernandinho because if you're going to play with Fernandinho and you're still going to play a high pressing mm. line, and you run that risk of getting countered when they win it back, um, Wolves recognised that hugely, and that was a that was mm. a huge moment because Troy normally plays out wide. Mm. They put him down the middle, and he he, he flogged Fernandinho. Mm. And even Chelsea first half should have had a bigger advantage against them than they did, and, and that was a missed opportunity for them too. So, yeah, watch this space. I, I don't know if that's a good thing for the title race, but it's good if you support Liverpool. That's for sure. Um, so another packed weekend of games coming up and uh, hey we let Man United get off scot-free this week as well but we talked enough about them in recent weeks so we'll let that one go through to the keeper gents go get some rest another massive match day for us here at Optus Sport great to see you both thanks for hanging around it's been a pleasure great to be here jet lag's just starting to kick in so a good time to finish Dave you've held yourself up well Bridgie thanks for thanks for sticking around and to everyone out there enjoy all that football coming up on Optus Sport over the next couple of days until the next gig and pod as ever enjoy your football